This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. myself today too. I didn't change three times before I got here. <laughs> Amen. But this is exciting times and I'm just um, just so amazed at what God is doing in my life and in the lives of everyone else and especially with Church on Purpose and just how God just orchestrated my life into being united with pastor and sister love and um you know as we go through different things we don't really understand how um the process that how god orchestrates our lives and how we got here um it just so happened it it almost seemed like god just deposited deposited us right there for that time and um and so they have been a great blessing to me, and so has the church family um, at New Birth as well as Church on Purpose, because some of you are still here. So, <laughs> so, um, so we're we're in a transition. We are moving to the next level, and God is doing a lot of things in our lives, and we have to always be mindful of. Where we are um, as a believer, where we are in our mindsets, and we don't want to bring some of the old negative things from the past into this next season and into this next level. And so, as we're, you know, if you were moving to a new house, um, you would take an inventory. You would look at what things you have. You would look at what things you don't need anymore, those things that are causing you some problems. You're going to let those things go. And so as we're transitioning to this next level, um, to this next move, we need to look within ourselves and see where we are, where we are spiritually, where we are in our thinking, where we are um, as a brother and sister in Christ. And so when we move into that new place, we're going to take an inventory and so spiritually, we need to take a spiritual inventory of ourselves. So um, so we see in Scripture, um, to, in order to transition effectively, as we look, if you look in your Bibles, Hebrews 12 and 1, And um, I have the the New King, uh, the New King James Version. Um, in Hebrews twelve and one, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So as we go to thank you. So as we go to this new level and this new transition, this new place, 
we don't want to be a hindrance to what God is doing in our lives, what he's doing in our lives individually, what he's doing in our lives collectively as a ministry. We want to let go of those things that are hindering our process as we move to that next level and that new season that um, God is trying to get us to. So I want you to just uh, ask yourself, look within yourself, and ask the question, if every member was just like me, what kind of member would I be? If everyone, if every member was like me, and so I'm a teacher, so I kind of, you know, we decode a lot. And so we, we teach students to look for small parts in words. And so there is a me in member. And so we need to look at ourselves. If every member was like me, what kind of member of Church on Purpose would this be? And so let's look at what might be in our inventory. So first thing we have is spectator versus a committed servant. So studies show that about 10 to 20% do 100% of the work in the churches. And so we need to shift those numbers. We need more participation. Um, No one needs to sit on their talents and gifts, whether it's big or small, Everyone is valuable to the body of Christ. So we all have something to offer. So, and it is not to warm up the cheers every Sunday. So, so as a spectator, as we look at what a spectator is, we see spectator is a person who watches at a show, game, or event, an onlooker, observer, bystander, a non-participant. Think of yourselves at a football game where, you know, you're cheering on the football team and you're questioning the coaches, you know, calling them, saying that they have bonehead plays or whatnot, you know. And uh, so, but you're not the one on Sundays looking at the film. You're not the one, you're not the players who's getting hit and knocked down and bruised and um, getting your body all torn up. So a spectator, just someone, they're just watching. And so, and so as, as a Christian, a spectator could be seeing if things are going to work out. You're just watching. I'm going to see if things are going to work out. I'm hoping things are going to work out, but not volunteering to do anything to help uh, move the ministry along. So with our mouths, we're saying, well, we're with you, pastor. We go, we'll do whatever you ask for us, uh, ask of us, pastor. But then, and some some might even say, well, I'll wait until y'all get all the kinks out before I show up and, and get everything together in place. And then you'll, you can see me. So, but, um, so we see Peter uh, following from a distance that very way. And we'll look at that scripture in a little bit. So we also talked about uh, the opposite would be a servant. A person who performs duties for others, a devoted and helpful follower or a supporter. And then we're going to add that to be a committed servant, not just any kind of servant. A feeling of dedication and loyalty to a cause wholeheartedly dedicated. So we're going to look in the scriptures. We see Peter following from a distance that very way as being a spectator. And, you know, and he was one of the outspoken disciples, 
And before Jesus was arrested, he was emphatically saying that he would never desert Jesus, you know, even if everyone else did. But yet when we look, we're going to look in Matthew 26, we'll see the spectator following at a distance. Matthew 26. Matthew twenty six fifty seven, and I have the uh, the New King James version. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. So uh, we don't want to be a spectator. Everyone needs to be all in. We need all hands on deck. Why isn't this working? So something happened there. So, so we want to, uh, instead of being like Peter, following at a distance, we want to be like Daniel who stands firm for God even in a different situation that he was accustomed to. So we're going to be flipping through scriptures quite a bit. If you'll turn to Daniel 1.8. We'll see where um, in the Babylonians where Daniel was in captivity. And so... In one eight, and he had to make a decision to um, to decide not to eat the food that was had been um, submitted to the idols. They had were dedicating different foods toward the idols, and Daniel had to make a decision. Even though he was in captivity, he had to make a decision. We have Daniel one eight says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine which he drank therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself so everyone ideally we want to be committed servants being all in everyone needs to be true blue with made-up minds to go through the good times and the hard times as they come. So we're not naive to think that all of the times are going to be good um, as we go through life. So we might have some rough times, but we've got to have a made-up mind, have a purpose in our heart that we are going to follow this thing through all the way through. So the next one is um, the next possible thing that might be in our inventory would be superficial versus authentic so when we look at what does the word superficial mean superficial means existing or occurring at or on the surface appearing to be true or real until examined more closely and when we look at authentic we have real genuine 
true, bona fide, the real McCoy. So you're the real deal. So what you are, when you're authentic, what you are like in here matches what you're like outside of here. So we have to realize that we are being watched as far as how we get along in here, how we get along outside of here. And so there's nothing worse to experience all the love and hugs inside the church. And then when we go outside these walls, you don't know me. That's just real. And that's, and that's what happens. And so, um, so we want to be authentic, not superficial. Um, in one of the seasons uh, of transition that we were in and, um, Sierra was, uh, she was asked to speak and she really wrestled with it a lot. Um, you know, the wrestle against the flesh and everything, not wanting to do it. And so we were having this discussion that, you know, about her using her gifts and talents, talents for God, um, and doing what she can uh, on God's behalf and everything. And so in this discussion and trying to encourage her to do this, you know, I kind of referred to, you know, her father who, um, especially in the early stages of planning churches and everything, how he didn't mind. He just point you out, say, sister, so-and-so come up here and pray. So-and-so come up here and give us a word. And so he would do that a lot. And he would especially pick on Sierra and of which she did not like, but it did prepare her though. And so, um, so I was making that point to her. And telling her, you know, so you're able to do this. And so she said, well, yeah, Mom, but those people loved me there. The church where we're at now, they'll talk about you. And the sad thing about it was I could not defend that because I knew it was true. And so um, so just the impact and the importance of us being true authentic Christians, if we say we're about love, then we need to show love. And there's nothing, no way to tiptoe around it. So we have to be authentic. We do not want to be superficial. And what separates the superficial Christian from the authentic is um, all we have to look at is in John 13, Turn to John 13, verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So just like um, in most um, jobs that we have, we have to wear an ID badge to show that we're supposed to be there. That's our ID badge. Looking at how we treat each other, how we love each other. That is our ID badge to the world to show that we are his disciples, so we need to be an authentic Christian. And so the next one we have is the complainer 
versus the faith walker. The complainer versus the faith walker. So um, so we have a, a complainer is like a belly aker. They have something to say about everything. Nothing pleases them. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too early. It's too late. You know, preacher talks too long. Preacher talks too short. So you can't please them with no matter what um, decision that you make. And they question every decision that is made. They have a suggestion about improvement, about everything. And they might even seek your advice. Yet when you give it to them, they always got something to challenge and say every reason why it won't work out. So we have a lot of planning. The leaders have done a lot of plan, a lot of planning and goal setting, um, the leadership team and everything. And so all of things, all those things have gone forth and we, but we don't want to find ourselves complaining against God's leaders and good and against the ones that God has established here. And so we need to watch our mouth on what we're saying, you know, like saying things like, I don't know why they did this. They don't know what they doing. You know, it looks like they don't know what they're doing. You know, all those kinds of things, just complaining. And we're moving in the transition. And so we really need to take notice that that is a dangerous area to be a complainer. So as um, we'll look at Numbers 11, 1, to see how God feels about us complaining. Because God has blessed us with a facility. He blessed us with a transition point to get to that facility. And he's going to bless us to a bigger facility as the need arises. So we have so much to be thankful for because how this thing came to place is is a god thing it looks so it's so fast that it looks like it had to be planned but it was a god thing and so we can at least show our appreciation by not complaining about god's goodness and have a grateful heart about what god is doing and what he's going to do so um let's look at numbers 11 And we'll see how God feels about complaining um, by using the uh, Israelites um, as an example. So 11 verse 1, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. So complaining displeases God. And then next, complaining against God's leaders, that displeases him even more. So let's look at Numbers 12, 1 through 9. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. 
So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. So we are in the season of a new faith walk, and we we are encouraged to follow the pastor's leading as he follows Christ. So just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, uh, he wanted them to follow the example that he was setting before. He wasn't trying to offend anyone But he had the main thing in mind was to reach the loss. And so he kept that in mind. And so um, if the pastor is following Christ and we're following Christ, then we're going in the same direction. But if we're not connected to God, then we don't know what's going on. We can't call into question anything that's that's being done. Because we're not going following Christ as he's following Christ. So we need to be um, aware of what we say. Can we question anything? Sure. Do we have opinions? Yes. But we should speak whatever our concerns are to the leadership, to the pastor. Speak it in love and do it privately not spreading it around this one and that one and that one, that one. What do you think about this parking situation? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? If you have some concerns, you need to speak to the leadership privately, not passing the negativity along to other people. Okay? So we need to keep those things in mind to be a faith walk, have be a faith walker. And so faith walking depends on God's word to lead and to guide. And um, if we'll turn to Psalms 119, 105, 105, sorry. And we know that verse very well. Where it says, your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. So God's word is a a lamp to our feet. It is shedding light on where we are in the present. It's giving us that guidance. And we know that a lamp only shines a small distance. It shines on the step that we're on. 
And thank God that God just gives us little bits of pieces of our lives because I can say for myself, if God show me, he can show me where we're going, but then he's going to, if he shows me how I'm going to get to that place, then myself, I'd say, well, Lord, why you just zap me and make me like you want me to be instead of having to go through all the process and the pain and the tears and all of that. But as a faith walker, we have to, we trust God and he is going to show us the way step by step. And he's a lamp unto our, he's a light to our path. And as we move, as we advance, the light shines and broadens as we move. But if we stay there, just think about when you're driving in the car with with your lights on. Well, if I stay there, I only see as far as that light goes. So as I keep moving along, the light goes, advances to another place. So we can't sit still, but so we just got to go as God leads. So I said that to say the pastor is walking a faith walk. And we are required for a faith walk. Yes, the pastor is the leader and you have the plans out and you have the goals set. But the reality of it is they probably don't really know all everything that's supposed to happen because they can only tell us what God is telling them. And God is giving them in bits and pieces. So we have to be patient and move along as God tells, gives him the instructions to move along. So that's a scary place, but it's a faith walk. Not one person in here, when you came in here, you just sat down. Nobody stood up and shook that chair to see if that chair was going to hold you up. You just, that chair is going to hold me up. And that's our faith walk. We can rest assured that God is going to hold us up. And our faith is going to be tested and tried. But we need to hold on and stand firm. And knowing that God is faithful and true to his word, he is the God of come through. That's been my focus since we've been singing some songs in in choir. And he is the God of come through. He is the God of making a way. He's the God of more than enough. He is the God of the way maker. He is everything that we need. And so that is the faith walk that pastor is living right now. Because it's a new level of faith. We're all pushing to a new level of faith where we have to trust God even more than we've ever had to trust God before. And so the plans and the goals are set. And Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. He is the one in control. So the last thing that the pastor needs is a lot of people say, Pastor, when are we going to do this? Pastor, when are we going to do that? Pastor, what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? He's already got us on his shoulders, which he needs to cast over to God. So so we don't need, you know, just like a child when you're on a way to a vacation, you know, and they say, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? And they start getting on your nerves, you know, and you tell them, Go to sleep and then we'll get there faster, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing, you know. 
it's on his mind already. He's already praying, Lord, show me, show me, show me, show me. So give him a break. Don't be a burden. Let's not be a burden. And let's just trace, trust the God that's in him, that God's going to lead him in the right direction and pray for him always. And so the next thing that we have is the fearful Christian versus the courageous soldier. The fearful Christian versus the courageous soldier. And so um, and we'll look at the example of the Israelites again. And we will go to uh, Numbers 13. And we see both sides of these qualities. We see the fearful Christian and we see the courageous soldier as well in this passage. So uh, Numbers 13, 27 says, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So, um, So we have the promised land. It was already promised to Israel. But... The thing that God never really told them is what they were going to have to do to go and possess that land. And so we have things already provided for us. God's already opened the door um, in this new, um, the new building we are about to um, enter into. However, we don't know what we might encounter, but we do know that we have to be faithful and we do know we have to trust God in it. And so... Um, but we don't want to have the a grasshoppers mentality because greater is the God that's in us than he that is in the world. So therefore, we should not be a fearful Christian on what we are about to embark upon. So so we had we see the spies showing fear and we see Caleb showing uh, great faith and courage because Caleb tries, he encourages the people and he stands before Moses and, and Moses and he says, let's go at once and take the land. 
And so that's the attitude that we should have because we serve a great and mighty God. So no matter what enemy we face as we go to this next level, we know that God is great and God is powerful and every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. So we know that those things must bow down to God's power. So we need to have courage, not being a fearful saint, but a courageous saint. And so we we hear Pastor's heart um, a lot. Um, I heard when we first looked at the building, we hear his heart to reconcile those to um, who have given up on stepping foot in the church. And I even heard um, Minister Chalk say that he wants the sharks, the ones everyone has given up on, you know, the tough ones who's rejected um, everything about God. And so, and when I was hearing that, I was hearing evangelism, and which might call for some radical strategies in reaching those individuals. And so, it might, we might have the challenge or the charge um, to do some things that might make us a little bit uncomfortable. Because right now we're kind of cozy, you know, we're on the north side of Longview. But our new church is on the south side. And there are a lot of things that go on around that area without saying exactly what I know. But uh, so so you're going to have to have some courage to do what... God calls us to do whatever it is, you know, even if it's something as radical, you know, like the Israelites, you know, well, like in the Bible, you, you might have to be, have to walk around a wall to where the Jericho wall to fall down. That's just an example. And so when he gives us that charge, don't be saying we're going to do what, <laughs> you know, do you know what you're doing (laughs) you know what you're asking us to do just be obedient and know that god's got us know that god's got us so so as we um as we take this inventory to look at ourselves going back to the very beginning if every member was like me what kind of member would this be what kind of member would I be if everybody was like me? That's So everybody's got to do their part. I've got to do my part. You've got to do your part. And so everybody's got to be all in. Everyone's got to be committed. Everyone's got to be a person of faith, not afraid. Everyone needs to stay connected to God, get draw closer than you've ever gone before, because we are church on purpose. We are the called out ones for a purpose. We are the called out ones for a purpose. We're going to love each other on purpose. We treat each other with respect on purpose. And why should we do that? Because God is calling each of us to a new level of faith and a new level of holiness. And in Ephesians 1, 4, says long ago... Before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ 
to be made holy and without fault in his eyes. So if every member of Church on Purpose was like me, what kind of member would I be? So let's move forward and be all that God desires us to be.